Hey, what's going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer and Tim Hyde here from Blue and Gold with another Wednesday night live show. Appreciate everyone with us live here. Sorry about the couple minute delay there. Brian Kelly would be so upset um, right now. <laughs> Tim, yeah, are you, yeah. Where's are our $10? Where's our 10 bucks, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, appreciate everyone joining. We're going a little bit later this week. We're just try- trying something different. So, um, for, for those watching live, definitely appreciate the group that's with us now. And for those watching back, we love you guys as well. As Drunk Vigo says, go ahead and smash that like button, please. Um, and, uh, yeah, we uh, we love talking Notre Dame football as well, uh, Mr. Vigo. So excited for tonight's show. Some good stuff lined up. It definitely seems like, Tim, this Saturday is a turning point to the season. Um, and we're, we're going to save that discussion for a little bit because it's it, – before the bye week, this kind of game, a winnable opponent, terrible defense UNC has. Um, it just seems like Notre Dame matches well, um, up matches up well against UNC. But Tim, I know if I go to you on that, you'll go for 10 minutes. So let's <laughs> save it. Let's save it for a little bit. Uh, but please, folks, do hit the thumbs up um, on this video. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you are not yet. And if you want to go ahead and ask Tim or myself anything, um, Drop a super chat and we will get to it right away. We'll drop our our topics and and uh, chat with y'all. So um, yeah, Tim. Actually, Tim, did we talk about Ashton Pollard last week getting her new job? No, no, we didn't I talk about that. I did I forget? I think it's a. I thought she just went official this weekend, so it was after our show. Okay, that I makes think, sense. Yeah, I think Friday she went official. I, I couldn't remember if that was this past Friday or the Friday before. So. The uh, I'm gonna I'm, I, we'll let you go first and then I'll go to my best thing. So Tim, I oh. think you actually have two, right? Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a yeah, definitely, definitely, because I just remembered one. So uh, my first one is my best of the week is Notre Dame just won a football game, and I like the fact that they're going on the road as an underdog. Which I know it came out as a pick'em game, and now what uh, UNC's favored. So which means the money's going on North Carolina to beat Notre Dame and. Chapel Hill. So I like that. I I'm really, I, I like it because I'm really excited to see what Marcus Freeman does. Does he rally these guys? It's the big game before the bye, which we'll talk about later. And I like the fact that he could just say, hey, guys, we're on the road. No one thinks we're going to win this game. Let's go show them and let's get to 200 or excuse me, two and two, get back to 500. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, you know, kick off this second half of the season here. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, Notre Dame right now, one and a half point underdogs yes. and look at the spread consent I'm, I'm pretty sure this i'm looking at oddshark.com it's one of my favorite yeah. websites has been for years is 80 percent of the public on unc if yeah. so fade the public that looks like a great bet um in favor of notre dame so uh um, yeah. we'll see so. fade the public for sure that's that's one of my big things all right tim best thing you saw in the past week number two Oh, well, definitely you posted this. The <laughs> the the highlight, a couple of highlight clips of Mr. Charles Jagasaw right here playing left tackle. He was a right tackle the last couple of years on his film. So here he is playing left tackle. And this guy's at, I mean, he is he looks twice as size the big as big he was before. Athlete, I mean <laughs> yeah, I mean someone post I mean someone posted and it's probably true, right? You get a holding and you get and you get a targeting call all in one. But I think it shows the athleticism, the absolute violence this guy plays like, with at the point of attack is just a joy to watch. So you get that guy in Notre Dame's weight room and getting him coached by Coach Heastan. This is – he's going to be a joy to watch. He is athletic as could be some of the senior highlights that I've also seen in, in some other uh, plays as well online. So he, this one right here is just like, hey, let's get him in an Irish uniform and start coaching this guy up. Look at number 16 here. He's the cornerback at the bottom of your screen uh, for, for podcast audience. I'm sorry. I always tell you to come to YouTube. That's why. Yeah. Just, just look at this young man. All right. I'm the receiver's blocking me. Got off the block. Look at it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go make this tackle. Oh, number eight missed it. This is me. This is me. This is my opportunity to make a big play. Oh, here comes on three's number one offensive tackle in the country right towards me. And I am on the floor. So yeah. <laughs> there's definitely no targeting 
on Jeff. No, I know, I know. I just love someone's comments. They were making yeah, maybe a, a little, little bit with the head, but hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some guys are having fun on the loose emoji message board, which I got a kick out of. But I mean, just so athletic right there, and um, really excited. I'm glad you you posted that. And I was like, yeah. And there's a lot of stuff starting to come out online, and I know some guys on the message board have been posting some other players' highlights. So it's nice to see this you know, 2023 class starting to take shape and starting to get their senior film and some guys are popping out there. So definitely get on the message board as a lot of guys have been posting some videos this past week. Yeah. Adam B says, how's Jagison not a five-star um, on three has him as a five-star and yeah. he's also the nation's um, number one offensive tackle. Um, so rivals has him outside the top hundred ESPN's yeah. down to 77 in 24 sevens close. So that's um, the consensus has them at number 43 nationally, uh, which, which is, equally weighs all four, which is yeah, yeah. pretty good. Exactly. Which I think he is. I think he's a top 50 football player. When you watch his film and you compare him to other top 10 offensive tackles in the country, he's, he's up there. He's up there. Tim, I got to throw this on here by Win Carmody. Realistic record predictions, best and worst case scenarios you could plausibly see happen. I don't want to do this anymore because last time I said seven and five was the, was the floor. Well, we're going to talk about this happen. down the road here in the show tonight. So we definitely are going to get into this. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It went from Mike, how dare you say seven and five as the floor to now seven and five is the ceiling from those same fans. So that's just how. All right. my My two best things. So, yeah, last week, Ashton Pollard, who she was on this show with us, she worked for Blue and Gold, and she left us, what is that, about three, four weeks ago at this point. She couldn't announce where she was going um, because we all know the Notre Dame hiring process just takes forever, I guess, (laughs) you know, good old O'Leary. But, uh, yeah, so she is working, Ashton Pollard, Notre Dame – Associate Athletics Communications Director with Notre Dame Women's Basketball and Notre Dame Swim and Dive. Listen, since Ashton's not on here, she can't tell me not to say this. She was a college swimmer, Division One swimmer, yeah. Ivy League school. I think it was Penn. Like, yep, she's yeah. a rock star. Like, so this is perfect for her. It's Notre Dame, and, you know, she loves all Notre Dame sports. So she gets work with Neil Ivy, um, you know, uh, as the communications director for the Irish um, with Notre Dame women's basketball and then swim and dive again, a sport that she played. She did. So, um, so excited for her, Tim. Oh yeah. No, no, it's awesome. I mean, you're right. Yeah. I mean, she was a college swimmer at Penn and um, no, this is awesome because she's definitely a Notre Dame person. She loves them through and through. I believe her dad's an alum. I believe, right? I, yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I believe, th- I believe I so. both parents. I can't remember. Sorry, I think, her, I think her I think her pops and her mom's but UVA because they don't like Vatech. That that's I know. Right. I've heard a lot of Vatech right. hatred from the family, or at least you know they're not fans of those Hokies. But uh, no, wish her well. Very exciting, and looking forward to her post once the the women's hoop season gets underway. You know what? Notre Dame doesn't play Vatech this year. That would be a, or Virginia. Let's say really in women's basketball in the ACC. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Football. I meant. Oh, I'm football. Sorry, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, college football. I'd love to have her on the show for that week for sure. I was always looking forward to that. But um, <laughs> yeah, so Ash and Paul, I mean, you can see this picture. Like she has been Notre Dame um, for forever, pretty much for her. That's all she knows. So really excited for her. Um, and then my next one is this uh, PFF week it. three team of the week. Um, Notre Dame has two defensive linemen on there. So once Tim stopped talking about the defensive line is when they went off and Jason Adam Alola and Isaiah Foskey on pro football focuses um, defensive team of the week. So um, yeah, Tim, that, that unit went off. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, they, they all teed off. They went, they went crazy. I mean, you got even Lacey is, is just played his tail off. And after three games, how about, how about the, after three games, the leading tackler on Notre Dame's defense is Howard Cross. So who would have thought that Howard Cross, the nose guard who has just played his, He's played his butt off over these three games. Absolutely just playing with the you know pants on fire, as they say, and getting after it. He's been an awesome to watch. So, yeah, you got Adam Iola, who says they're the biggest, baddest dudes on the block. They showed up against Cal. Foskey was there, played obviously his best football game 
And then off of PFF, you know, you know, pro football focus, you know, which I know people don't like their grades. Some do. It's just, it's a cool data point. I like looking at it. I think it's a cool data point. Mr. I, you know, I, I'm going to go third best thing of the week because it's left tackle Joe Alt, Mr. Singer's good friend over there. Right. So, but Joe Alt, two weeks in a row, Notre Dame's highest graded football player. And not only that, he was almost, I think it was 89.9%, something like that this week against Cal. So you got him grading out at 90%. And when I, and PFF comes out with a, you know, an all American team once a week, you know, they're all star team. And that was the first thing I looked at was the offensive line and, you know, the left tackles, the stud from Northwestern this past week. I think he's gotten it like nearly every week. He's a stud, but Joe Alt deserves some, some big time recognition. And he has been, I know Michael Mayer's had a great year. Joe Alt has literally been the second best offensive football player in this first quarter of the season through three games. He has been, he's, he's been outstanding. His fundamentals are really, really good. So yeah, kudos to Joe Alt and um, having a heck of a season. Um, I want to pull this back up. So before I started covering Notre Dame, I actually published an Oregon State website. I know, I know, Oregon State, you was kind of random. Hey, so I, this had is a, I had an all-Pac-12 football player go there one year when I coached Juco, led the well, Pac-10 back then. He led the Pac-10 in sacks two years in a row, so don't mess with those beavers. Yeah. Yeah, a little yeah, Tim sure. Hyde uh, coaching tidbit on a player I coached. I, I love Corvallis. And, oh. uh, yeah, Corvallis is cool research stadium and got upgraded. But so I saw Jaden Grant on here and I'm, my thought was, how the heck is he still playing? So I went to his uh, Oregon State profile. Freshman year, that's one. Redshirt so freshman, two. Redshirt sophomore, three. Redshirt sophomore again. That's his fourth year. Redshirt <laughs> junior, redshirt junior. He's in his seventh season. Hey. Just to put this in perspective – He's in he class of 2016. That's Ian Book. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Ian exactly. Book is his second year in the NFL. Um, and uh Book could have had another year of eligibility too, right? Like yeah. he would have taken the COVID year. Exactly. So he could have what came just back. a seventh year. And I tweeted that out and someone and I was like, How is that possible? And then some Notre Dame fan replied to me and said, Avery Davis will show you next year. So yeah, it's a combination <laughs> of you redshirted, you took a COVID year, and you had a um, an injury year, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah um, that, and, so. and the NCAA has been doing more of that, where if you miss a season, a complete season, every game with an injury, they've been doing more and more of those injury years. So and the, and the NCAA is not messing with anything. They don't want lawsuits. They're letting guys do whatever the heck they want. They just really go, are. Uh, yeah. Really it's are. like the 1920s again. It's just renegade football. All right. So, Tim, let's – Let's talk, let's talk about the Notre Dame defense, okay? Not giving up a lot of points, mm -hmm. but we still – right, so 21 against Ohio State, against maybe the best quarterback in the country. That's that's pretty yep. darn good. 19 against Marshall, only 19 yep. points. Of course, there's the pick six. And 17 against Cal. That's under 20 – or excuse me, under 22 points through yeah. three games. It's pretty. It's pretty darn good. But it just seems like there's that next step they can take because they somehow have not forced a turnover. Oh, yeah. I mean, without a doubt, they, they could take another step because that was, you know, obviously the strength of the team. And I think I think the frustrating thing with this defense is they played lights out against Ohio State and then that 90-yard drive. You know, even Marshall, they played really good football against Marshall and then the 90-yard drive. So you have those back to back and that just weighs on them. You know, it's, it's a lot like last year in coach Freeman's, you know, when he was the DC Remember early on in the year where they have four or five plays of over 60 yards against them early in the season. When you look at Clark Lee's years, he didn't have any. So he's comparing those years to Freeman's. And then obviously this year at the back to back 90 yard drives is frustrating. And that's, and that's what we remember when you think about their defense. And then they weren't getting the sacks. They weren't getting the pressures and obviously the turnovers. Heck, but they do get the turnovers at the end. And then obviously penalties wiped them out. Uh, not penalties. Well, the one that the knee was down on the one fumble recovery. And then one penalty on uh, J.D. Bertrand, who's going to be out the first half this game. So still no turnovers. I think I saw a stat. They're only one of three teams, maybe three or four teams that have yet the force of turnover, which is crazy. So 
And speaking of uh, C.K. Stroud, yeah, they played a heck of a quarterback. If, you, if anyone saw the stats this past week against Toledo, those were uh, Toledo or Akron, whoever they played, one of those. And he just went off. So Notre Dame D's played great. They're holding their keep. They are keeping the points down. Create some turnovers, create some short fields for this offense to, to really get a, a two touchdown lead in some of these games. That's what I think has been killing uh, the team. Tim, I don't know if you have your contacts in, but it, when, when you look at this stat page, does anything anything stand out? I mean, obvious, I think the obvious one is Howard Cross leading the team in tackles. Oh, that's a Yeah, that's a biggie. And then, you know what? Maris Leofau, you know, and you know what? I think it, I think sometimes it could be the, the hype with him because he was talked about so much last camp and then he gets injured. And all we've heard about is great spring, great fall camp. He's going to terrorize people this year. And he's been pretty, just pretty average. And average at Notre Dame sometimes is bad. So, you know, what, only two tackles last week in their victory against Cal, which is a, you know, and he plays the will, which is you cover him up, you fill the wills on um, 99% of defenses are the tackle guys. You know, those of you guys who are making all the plays. As J.D. Bertrand led the team in tackles last year is the will. So that's usually what happens in a lot of defenses. So that's a little surprising that he has not had this, you know, the season everyone's been expecting the last 13 months, let's say. So, but maybe he's coming back. Maybe he's still getting that foot healthy, you know, you know, so we'll see. So that's a little surprising. And then you got those two freshmen, right? You got Morrison and Mickey slowly getting on that thing and their, and their plays of uptick each and every week. So I think that's exciting to see those, those two freshmen out there. One thing that stood out to me, seeing Xavier Watts defensively, because I, everyone told me that he was going to play receiver because he practiced a little bit at receiver. So it's like, Oh no, he's receiver. No, he's not. So I just wonder what that says. Is it confidence in the receiver room by the staff? Is it the lack of confidence in him playing receiver? Is it, over like big time confidence in him as a safety. Like, I just wonder what that is, Tim. Me personally, uh, I would be playing this guy more. He is violent. You know, when I say violent, he attacks, man. He plays with an attitude. He is aggressive as could be. When you see him out there, you're like, whoa, you just see his number sometimes on film. Uh, just fly by in the, in the tackles and stuff like that. He swarms. He really, really gets after the ball. He has no fear out there whatsoever. I love him at safety. And him and Ramon Henderson played more in this past week than they had in the first two games. So that was nice to see because I think those two guys are very athletic and very aggressive tacklers. So I hope to see Xavier Watts more. Obviously those two, because we're expecting, you know, a bunch of the senior safeties to leave. So I'm kind of glad he's staying on defense. And I hope he's getting 25, 30 snaps each and every game. Cause when he's out there, there's just something about his, his athleticism. It, it just really pops on film. Folks, please hit that thumbs up. If you're watching live with us or back in YouTube audience, um, subscribe, head to bloomgold.com, leave a good rating on a podcast, um, what, what, you know, whatever you need to get done there. And if you do have any questions for myself and Tim, uh, please drop a super chat and we'll get to it right away. Otherwise we will, um, check out um, your questions at the end, but just because I do love Rick um, and yeah. he's great for, for blue and gold. Um, who do you play Watts over Tim? Well, they're definitely playing five safeties right now. So, you know, you're got, I mean, they've been starting, you know, obviously DJ Brown, DJ Brown takes steps away from. Yeah. Houston Griffith. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's the first guy I think about is, you know, when I, you know, when I look at it, Brent, you know what, Brandon Joseph, you know, he's he's been so-so. He hasn't really, you know, stood out too much in the last Especially for the hype, games. right? Yeah, a lot of hype. I mean, he, he's he's missed quite a few tackles. If you go, I mean, he missed the big tackle against Marshall. The guy breaks 50. So he's had about two missed tackles. It always feels like each and every game. Thought he was really aggressive, solid against Ohio State. Uh, you, know, you know, do you take some away from him? That's a great question. I like Watts. I just would love to see him on, on the field more and who do you take him away well you got three seniors up there and take a few away from each and every one of them a little bit at a time so i like him i just would love to see him on the field i really would yeah so safety snap counts against cal brandon joseph 54 
Um, Ramon Henderson, 26. And he had DJ Brown with 50, Houston Griffith, 19, and Xavier Watts, 17. So if Griffith and Watts are both playing strong safety, then. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, you could tell they kind of balanced them out with the second string units. And then Ramon Henderson, Ramon only played 10 or 11 snaps, I feel, against Marshall. So he really went up this past week, which is which is nice to see. And then going back to Marist, 50 snaps. Is he playing too many snaps? Because when you play 50 snaps in major college football as a will linebacker and only have two tackles, that that production is not – I mean, you got one tackle for every 25 snaps. That's not good football right there. And I know someone posted here in the comments, he's been playing some edge. Yeah, he has been playing some edge, but he hasn't been making tackles at the edge either. So he's just been a body out there, so to speak, when they kick into their bare front, you know, their TNT look up there. But, uh, yeah, Watts, I like Watts. I you know, I hope he gets out there a little bit. DJ Brown, 50 snaps. Do you shade five, six away from him to give to Watts? You could definitely do that as well, especially Mike. When the main three seniors, they have no havoc plays. You know, very what TFLs, sacks, pass breakups. You know, obviously interceptions. There's none of those from those guys. So give the young guys a little bit of a uh, some snaps. And I know that's been a common theme. Of, you know, Notre Dame, especially on the message board at Blue and Gold, talking about young guys. Let's get some of these guys in there, and it seemed to come up a lot now. Golden's press conference as well where some young guys were mentioned by the press tim i'm interested to hear this from you because it's not something we talked about have you noticed anything different schematically in notre dame's defense from marcus freeman being the defensive coordinator to al golden is it the same i mean is it is it more four-man fronts than last year because i feel like that's not something i've seen you know the irish faithful um complain about this year because that was you know something that didn't quite work uh did not last year no exactly didn't you know the front the fronts if people go back the front really has been the same since mike elko and you have a wide side uh you know a field side a guy playing the wide side of the field you have a five or excuse a five tech playing the c gap which is riley mills you know colleague kareem before you know those those big ends like that they're c gap you know and then you got your nose in the a and you got your three tech those guys are constantly, you know, obviously three points. And then since Mike Elko, Clark Lee, Freeman, and now Golden, they have kept the Viper, which is a stand-up, a stand-up rush in. That's a common theme in the in the in the three-three stack where you always have a stand-up guy. And that's kind of been the same. Mike Will, this year, the one thing they're doing this year is they're they're basically a nickel. They're a nickel 99% of the time outside yeah. of some red zone stuff. Tariq Bracey's out. I mean, Tariq Bracey's played more snaps than anyone on the football team. So he's, they're a nickel constantly. A lot of the same dime packages, a lot of the same, uh, you know, when they go nickel, obviously when dime, you know, the, the safeties are back. A lot of the same type of schemes, the front's been the same. I've seen a lot of the same blitzes. You know, me and Mike Goolsby, I mean, we, we joke all the time about some of the Mike and Wills, the twist and the pops. All that stuff has pretty much been the same. What you just mentioned last week against Cal, they kind of we didn't see that three-three front. We didn't see Foskey playing Mike, Adamiola playing Mike. You know, the week before against Marshall, they had Foskey playing a head-up old-school fifty tech on an offensive tackle against Marshall, which Foskey's never done in his time at Notre Dame. That he did, and they got away from that. So. I think maybe they're just evolving into that standard four-man front, which was a staple with uh, Clark Lee and Mike Elko in 2017 when Elko brought that Wake Forest package. So long answer, it looks a lot of the same over the last few years. Tim, shall we talk a little uh, Notre Dame offense? Oh, I love the offense. Yeah, people don't like talking about the offense and quarterbacks and offensive coordinator and play calling. That's uh, that's it's never been a, It's been a whirlwind. Never a topic of discussion. But first, let's hear from my new favorite sponsor that we've like ever had. It's Rogue Shop. Husband and wife outfit, Mr. Rogue and his wife, Char, are craft cannabis farmers who specialize in small batch sustainable plant medicine, a true holistic type of small business. They farm it and grow it all themselves. They do everything by hand. And for YouTube audience, um, you can see the website's 
um, on the screen, um, robeshop.com. There's products that give you the, you know, the good old euphoria, but really a lot more to it. Products that have been known to help with anything from stress and anxiety to chronic pain and insomnia. So if you have a question about what a product does, you go on the website, you can uh, jump on a chat with the owners and they'll steer you in the right direction to answer any questions you've had. I received a box of product and Char, um, Mr. Rogue's wife had um, handwritten instructions for me. I never used these products before, so um, they took care of me in that sense. So you write articles like I do, you need some good sleep. And um, yes, folks, this is, this is, this is the good stuff. So uh, yeah, check them out, rogueshop.com. And I do believe that there's a promo code as well. Let's see. Yep, there it is. Promo code Bloom and Gold, B-L-U-E-A-N-D-G-O-L-D. I hope you can spell Bloom and Gold. So that is the promo code. Yeah, head to rogueshop.com. Use promo code Bloom and Gold. And uh, yeah, get some good product there. All right. Mr. Hyde. Let's talk some, yeah, let's let's talk some Notre Dame offense. Um, I don't know, Tim, where do, where, where do you want to start? <laughs> I, I, I do feel that this is kind of a tipping point for the whole season. I know that's how you feel, but even more so for the offense specifically because if they come out and they have this kind of ground and pound offense that, you know, you saw a lot with Kyron Williams and Ian Book, like that was the identity of the team is – let that running game um, kind of carry you with that offensive line. Um, I think if they get into a groove, beat North Carolina, go into the bye week, you're feeling good about Drew Pine. Um, you're feeling good about this offense. Defense maybe gets a turnover and limits North Carolina to, you know, under 25 points or something. I think you're feeling pretty good. But if the Notre Dame offense goes out there and puts out a stinker, even if the Irish come out with a win, you're nervous moving forward it will look like the opening scene in shrek with the guys in the pitchforks going after shrek it is going to be i just thought of that i thought of that a long time right i was thinking of some pitchfork scene in shrek there you go that's what happens when you have kids but um literally it will be wild out there if that happens there's 131 teams in division one football everybody unc is 123rd on defense 123rd in scoring d all right. They are giving up nearly 200 yards a game on the ground. They are 119th in giving up first downs. And you look at their schedule, Mike. There are, you know, Appalachian State, good football team. They went at 60. I mean, they were playing basketball out there. 60s. The game was in the 60s. You know, they just played Georgia State this week. Georgia State was a D2 program just a decade ago. Georgia State was beating UNC with 40 seconds to go in the third quarter. They were beating UNC. So, and then they, I think, played FAMU, you know, Florida A&M opening game. They've played absolutely no one who coaches defense whatsoever. They have a great quarterback, but their defense is really bad, and Notre Dame cannot come out here with the Ohio State 12 personnel, ground and pound type of thing. They need to, they need to okay. attack the football team. Okay. They need, they, they do. You can't, I mean, I know people are like, oh, what about UNC's offense? UNC's offense has played nobody who hits like Notre Dame. They haven't played a defense like right. Notre Dame. Let, let, let me interrupt you, Tim. So, in my right. opening there, I was saying when Notre Dame had success against Cows, when they were just running the football and having a dink and dunk offense, are you saying you want to go completely against that or that, that kind of offense, but just let Drew Pine throw the ball downfield a little bit? Sure. I mean, that offense is fine. I mean, wh whatever's going to win the game. Cal's a thousand times better defense than, than North Carolina. But this defense is so bad, so bad. This game is so ripe for Notre Dame to go out there, play with some confidence. Hey, you can do the same stuff you did last week. The holes should be bigger. The passing game should be a heck of a lot open. This North Carolina team is, is not good on defense. When I've watched their last couple games, it is – bad they're dudes open all over the place so to say notre dame should just keep doing the same thing okay keep doing the same thing then you better get you better bust some explosive plays yeah, that's the other thing missing 
build the identity. Like, exactly. I don't think Notre Dame's going to be able to go five wide and chuck yeah. the ball around. So, I mean, it's like if if, if this is, you know, a, I want to say a tune-up for the Notre Dame offense, but you know, you know what I'm saying, like a, a, a game to establish who they are offensively. I, I think you you do that rather than don't be what you are. And then in a couple weeks against, is it, is it BYU on the seventh? Yeah, BYU's yeah, the Shamrock game after the bye. Be who you are. Like, be who yeah. you are. You know, that, that's kind of my thought. No, and, that, and that's a great point. So you could run this, you know, you can run the same offense like they did last year. They beat them in 2020 and scored, what, 31 pounding the rock with that great offensive line they had. So Notre Dame needs a game in the 30s. I guess let me just say that, you know, oh, they need no, a no. game in the 30s. Now, I'm not 40, 48 points would be awesome, right? But they need a game in the 30s. And this is a team that allows you to do it. So if they want to go out there and smash the ball, go for it. And they, you know what, in the game last uh, last week against Cal, they did a lot of the stuff we've talked about. They were in five wides, check the coverage, bring Estime or Tyree in, ran the ball. They did a heck of a lot of two backs motion. I charted, I charted Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer never lined up in the same position two plays in a row until the end of, until the, the drive where they smashed it four plays in a row. It, they lined up in the same formation. The only time Michael Mayer ever lined up in the same spot. So Tommy Reese did a heck of a job. And Gene Chizik mentioned it like, you know, you know, Michael Mayer is all over the place. You got to account for him. And Tommy Reese did a heck of a, a job with that. And then going back to that game, what's frustrating, the Cal game, is Notre Dame could have put up 30-some-odd points. It's just, I mean, I mean, we all know Drew Pine was a nervous Nelly out there. Throwing the ball in the dirt, but then you got to draw. I mean, if Lorenzo Styles catches that, that, uh, you know, the flats, yeah, the crosser, he, he's got 40 yards. There's no one out there. The one he throws in the dirt, the mayor, he turns around. There's no one out there. The seam, the mayor, he catches that. He's running down the 20 yard line. So Notre Dame had opportunities. They didn't do it. And against this UNC game, it's a great one to get confidence for Drew Pine. I love those those little flat routes where someone comes across oh. the offensive line. Cause it's hard to account for that. You know, if you're, you know, an outside linebacker or, or you know, a nickel and you're playing zone in the flats, you're yeah. really, you're, you're focused on the people on your side of the formation. You don't often think that people are going to come across line, but I'm sure North Carolina is going to be prepared for that. Sure. If they can stop it, I, I would say no, because they, they've been, but terrible. that's been a, that that drag that crosser that's been a staple of the offense for for some years with some of those guys and uh and speaking of you know guys like the you know Bash Jason Garrett Jason Garrett did a great you know great job talking about that oh they're going to be in man expect this he was like calling some of the stuff before it happened and was breaking that down yeah. so I well, thought he did I, a pretty good job what I didn't like about him is when Drew Pine would would roll out he would never he would never mention that it's a naked rollout he would never say that. What was he? What I'm was he kidding. Saying? He said that like 20 times. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I thought he said. <laughs> All right. Speaking of uh, Drew Pine. I love it. Um, let, 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 let's talk about it because this is a, oh, this go. is a pretty common comment um, regarding, you know, this Notre Dame quarterback situation. Um, and after that, we'll, we'll get into what Marcus Freeman had to say. I think that's, that's next up on the, sure. the talking point. Yes, it is. So B play says the QB situation is beyond frustrating. Do you see a QB on the roster that can get the job done? He says, uh, Ron Paul's third's my vote. I'm kidding. Uh, but Angeli question mark. So Tim, I think it just depends on how you define getting the job done is th- what, what's the job is. So B place, so you let us know what the job is, is the job, you know, getting to eight, nine wins and, you know, yeah somewhat saving the season um, or is it national championship? Like, uh, so I'm just curious, B place, what, um, what kind of you mean by getting the job done, but Tim, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah. Number one, the job last week was the win. I mean, and that's exactly what they did. That was the number one job. It was frustrating. What you say right here without a doubt, it was frustrating, but, but is that, you know, it, I've gone back and watched the game a handful of times. I've charted a bunch of plays, and it's like, is that Tommy Reese's fault that Drew Pine on the very first pass throws the ball in the dirt? It's like, no, it's 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 Drew Pine's fault that he throws it 10 yards over Michael's bare head because he's wide open. But those are probably some of the nerves. And you mentioned this in our show last week. Is this more of a, you know, is it easier to come out in the Cincinnati game when he's the backup and he's just going out there gunslinging or 
you've had all week. And you talked about this with Goolsby where you had all week and you're just like, oh my God, I got to start. I got to start. And he went out there and he laid You didn't think it was going to be a factor. What's that? You didn't think it was going to be a factor though. No, I didn't because he had played and the confidence that he has in himself. I thought he was going to go out there and just go, hey, I'm Drew Pine. Let's go for it. So do you think his early stinker? Do you think his early stinker was nerves? Like, okay. Oh, yeah. Guy, I mean, guys were wide open and it was nerves, but that's that. It felt like the weight of the world's kind of been on this team when you lose to Marshall and that the drop by Lorenzo Styles and he's kicking himself and the the false start by Lindsay, which has now been it was Pine went up there and rushed on third and one. He's the one who rushed the snap and his receivers aren't even set. So that was on Pine. I think it was a little bit of nerves. It goes back to Tommy Reese's, you know comments that everyone saw on NBC where it's like, dude, you know, everyone's counting on you. Take a deep breath, go play football. And what did you do after that, Mike? 14 of 15, yeah. 14 of 15. He calmed down, settled down and Notre Dame, you know, as the, as the gentleman says, it was frustrating, but I, Notre Dame, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Harry Heastan just says, guys, let's just smash these guys. And that's what they started to do in that second quarter onward in the second half. Yeah. I, 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 I just, don't quite understand, you know, I, I, I know that this, the first quarter was such a stinker for Drew Pine and we already knew that he just has natural physical limitations, but to be so out on him as a lot of the fan base is just from what I see in YouTube comments and the message board, you know, I don't know. I, I I don't, the, the, I'm not, I'm not out yet. You know, like, like, let, let, let's see, because that second half, um, let me throw up the drive chart again against, again, what was a pretty good Cal defense. Once he, once that offense figured things out, touchdown, punt, touchdown, field goal, touchdown. And then um, they're killing clock at the end of the game to kill clock. I mean, that's, that's, that's that's a pretty good clip scoring four, four times on five drives. Yes. Yeah. So people that are down on pine, number one, there is no other quarterback. Let's, I mean, I mean, not, and you're not, not saying jelly, but you know, hey. and jelly's been on the varsity for what, what about three, four hours. Let me answer know? this for you. Let me, let me, uh, Angeli's playing guys. I love Angeli more than dirt. literally everyone that's watching live. I do, unless yes. his parents are on here yeah. <laughs> and, or, or his brothers. Um, but I, I'm not, he can't be the answer right now. That's gotta be something if, if it need be later in the season, you cross your fingers and you say your Hail Mary is that Drew Pine stays healthy, but continue. Yes. No, no, exactly. I mean, so all these people are, we need to change. Drew Pine is not the answer. If you're a Notre Dame fan, he is the quarterback support him. <laughs> he is the guy right now. So they are not going to go to Steve Angeli unless they have to. Pine's been in the system three years. And Jelly's been in the system a couple months and he was, you know, as soon as camp was basically as soon as they started camp after they named Buckner went on day 10 or whatever it was, they did nothing but Buckeye prep the rest of the way. And Jelly was down at the other end of the field playing cards, you know, on the Buckeye cards, throwing those passes. So, and Jelly's just starting his second week of getting back to where he was in spring ball, learning the Notre Dame offense each and every day with coach Reese. So, they got those two quarterbacks. It's going to be Pine show. Pine's going to be the guy the rest of the year, and I think they will evolve. It goes back to Reese's comments in that last week where he was like, we know who Pine is. We know his strengths, and we're going to build an offense around them. Now, you're going to have to take a deep shot every now and then, and I think they will. I think they'll do that. I think they will do that moving forward. The goal last week is that game evolved. Run the ball. Our defensive line is dominating. Do not make Pine do anything stupid to give any mojo to the other team, just like Buckner did the week before against Marshall with the pick six. All right, let's talk about some transfer QB stuff. So Love it. Monday, Marcus Sherman has this press conference. Usually right away people are asking about injury updates and kind of get into the nitty-gritty. 28 minutes into the press conference, um, the athletic – um, uh, beat writer for, for Notre Dame, Pete Sampson, asked about did you consider taking a transfer quarterback for this past season? Freeman heard that as after this season. Yeah. So Freeman said that's something we'll talk about after the season. 
see where Tyler Buckner's coming back from injury. It's a long season ahead. We still have nine guaranteed games to evaluate Drew Pine, Steve Angeli, and Ron Paulus. If that's a position of need where we have to get a high school quarterback, because remember, guys, they don't have one in 2023 no. yet, and I think they certainly need one. Uh, but he said high school quarterback or transfer quarterback will definitely evaluate that. And then Samson basically said, oh, okay, that's that's great. But I, I meant last year. And then last year. he Freeman basically said um, – that is something we talked about, but we decided not to go that route. Well, Tommy Reese, Irish offensive coordinator, met with the media Tuesday night and was asked about this. And Reese said, talking about looking at transfer quarterback last year, um, to heading into this season, we certainly looked around. There are a lot of reasons why sometimes transfers work and don't work. To go through all the reasons why is probably a waste of time at this point. It's something we looked into. It's something we had conversations about um, and with. Um, for reasons in our control and out of our control it just didn't happen. That's that. We continue to press on and move forward. So both pretty standard coach speak, um, saying a lot without saying a lot kind of yeah. deal. But, you know, when you look at some of the rumored names out there for for guys who, you know, I, I think it's pretty well known that Keaton Slovis and JT Daniels were both very interested in a move yep. um, to Notre Dame. I don't really like putting out you know, names for, for, for gossip like this. So, but you know, there's another quarterback in the SEC who I, I was told, no, no, not like a big name. I don't think everyone would know about him, but someone I think who could enhance this quarterback room. So even if it's not a world beater, Tim, sure. just to have another quarterback in this room, I, I think Notre Dame is a bad choice to not bring one in. Cause this is my thought. If, I'm JT Daniel. I'm transferring from USC because I'm not playing. All right, Caleb Williams is here. I got to go find a new spot. Um, and all right, who's that? Who's that? Georgia, USC. Oh, JT Daniel went to Georgia. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. Daniels. Yeah. So yeah, he left for USC to Georgia, and then he's transferred from Georgia. He's not starting over. Stetson Bennett, dude, just won a national championship. Yeah. So. I just want a shot somewhere. Yep. You know, I, I'm not going to go to some FCS school. I just want a shot to go play quarterback at a, at a big time. Oh, you're saying Notre Dame with a, and the guy who's going to start is got injury history. Sign me up. So that's from the, the transfer start point of view. And Tim, I'm going to ramble a little bit and then no, go and for it. I'll let you go. So go from the it. transfer point of view, that's great. I don't need to be guaranteed a starting job from like a Drew Pine point of view, dude, you got a battle, right? You got, you got a battle from Tyler Buckner point of view. You're, you're the favorite going into the job. So I feel like of those three, right, the transfer, the Pine, the Buckner, the, the, the one that is kind of like getting, you know, the worst of that is, is a Pine because now you're looking at third-string quarterback. Sure. But I think that's a gamble you have to take if you're Notre Dame in that in this situation. Of course, it's hindsight. But I think a lot of, the, a lot of us felt like this, you know, a few months back. So I think it's something that Notre Dame should have done. Um, decided not to, and um, the, yeah, this is the situation we're in, Tim. You know, you know, when this thing all came about, you know, last you know December, obviously after Freeman got hired, it's like did Freeman sit back and be like, "I owe it to these guys in the room because I'm here, so don't ruffle feathers." You know, you got Pine, you got Buckner, Reese is staying aboard as the OC. These are his recruits. You know, did Reese just say, hey, I'll, you know, I want to develop these guys. These are my guys. But looking back, you're right. I mean, Tyler Buckner had a great junior year. You know, he missed a senior. That's COVID related, not his fault. But the year, you know, sophomore year, he lost, he had an ACL injury. He didn't play. He didn't play. And then last year, he had to sit out with the Wisconsin game, I believe, because he had a pulled hammy because he was with the player of the game against Toledo. So he's the workhorse against Toledo, helped them get that win. He was the mojo in that game, and he pulls his hamstring in that game. So, And I believe the, the Fiesta Bowl where Buckner was a little dinged up at the end of that one, that's why he didn't get in. People were like, why didn't Buckner get in? Freeman kind of coach speak to really? him. He was a little beat up. I don't remember that. Okay. Yeah, it was something like that. I have to go back and read some of the press conferences, but that was always like kind of inferred that he you know he was a little dinged up. So. And then obviously Pine, I mean, we see Pine. So you're right, Mike. How did Freeman in his first year, who every first year coach has a, a grace period, so to speak, just be like, hey, 
I'm the new coach. We need another damn quarterback in this in this room, and we're and we could bring in some dudes with starting experience. So that was that's a little shocker, you know, when you look back, like you know, how did you not see this room? Thinking, I mean, even Marcus Freeman said himself during the press conferences in August, like, oh, after they announced him, where they told Pine, hey, I've never gone a season without playing two guys. So you already know ahead of time that Buckner's going to miss something, whether it's a sprained ankle or a pulled hammy, misses one game. So you already know that. So you're going into the season expecting Buckner to miss a game, Pine to start, and then Angeli's your number two. That's an interesting scenario that's now developed in has happened for you know 10, 10 games now starting last week with Buckner gone. I have two thoughts here and I really don't like speculating on what person would think here. Um, but I'm going to do it anyways. I think from Freeman's point of view, cause I actually think that this might be accurate. I think from Freeman's point of view, it was, man, I'm the head coach. That's a, that's like I'm the new head coach. Yeah. The, honeymoon period for that offseason it's like man you bring in a transfer quarterback a big name guy like a slovis or a daniel potentially like how much does that throw things off you're riding on tyler buckner and um it it, it didn't work out because the young man had an unfortunate injury and i think from the reese point of view how about this tim you bring in a transfer quarterback two years in a row that does not look good for you as a, as a recruiter, right? Because they bring in Jack Cohn. It's like, oh, you're not recruiting very well and you have to keep bringing in quarterbacks. I think that might be – look, we, everyone has egos. I have an yes. ego. Sam Hyde has ego. Coaches have huge egos. Yes. I think Tommy Reese – and I'm not knocking Tommy Reese for saying he has an ego. It's just a fact of the matter. I think that he, he probably thought to himself, I want to roll with the guys I've got. I believe in Tyler – just keep them upright. And I think he believes in Drew as well. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, that that's kind of my thoughts, Tim. No, that's a that's a great thought because it, it I'm sure I'm sure some of that went into that. Like, you know, we t- I mean we talked before the the 2021 season when we were doing our our prep and our our pre-shows in August and stuff like that. Like Brian Kelly, they had to get Jack Cohn because they're like, we can't play Tyler Buckner, he didn't even have a COVID year. You know, he hasn't played football forever. And they had just had Pine in camp and went through the 2020 season with him. They already knew what they had. And Kelly's like, we can't go into 2021 with no quarterbacks. So that's how they got Jack Cohn. To do that two years in a row, you're definitely on to something there, Mike. Like, well, what the hell's going on with the quarterback room? We don't have any quarterbacks. Well, you got one at BC. You know, they had, you know, obviously McNamara is no longer at Michigan. He was an early commit who left you know, way back when. So it's like, what is going on with quarterback room where we have to get transfers? Unless Notre Dame gets these guys and they have success, and maybe does this evolve into something that they do every couple of years once C.J. Carr gets here and he develops, who knows? But uh, no, you're right. Looking back, it's it's interesting, you know, what were those conversations with Freeman and uh, and Reese? Because, you know, Slovis did come out and say, yeah, I talked to Notre Dame. And he's a damn good quarterback. You can watch some Notre Dame SC games when he played. The guy could throw. And JT Daniels was the national player of the year at modern day. So he, you know, he's just been, you know, some injury and he's had some bad luck during his time as well. Yep. 317 reviewers says two quarterbacks is no quarterbacks. Yeah. So uh definitely agree. And then Michael Johnson says if TB12 is healthy, we're not having this conversation. Hindsight's 2020. Sure. But uh, again, but he has a history of it, right? I mean, Buckner has a history. Oh. No disrespect. I'm a big Tyler Buckner fan. I love Tyler Buckner. I think he's athletic. He's got unbelievable qualities as a quarterback that could be so dynamic if they, you know, as I keep saying, they were, if they ran that damn Cal offense where they weren't in 12 personnel and 11s, the motions, all the things that they were doing with two backs, and they'd done that in Ohio State and Marshall for the whole game, we're looking at a different Notre Dame team. Don't forget, Tyler Buckner got hurt. Cause he had to be the damn offense against Marshall. He was the only dude doing anything in Marshall. Yep. So Tyler Buckner is, is a really good quarterback. So yeah, hindsight's 2020, but he has a history of this. And it seems like there was n- really no preparation as we're talking like, well, we're just going to ride with these guys. Well, let's see if Pine could get him to what nine, 10 wins now, Mike. So here we go. 
All right, Tim. Our uh, it, it seems like it's a weekly segment at this point is to revise <laughs> our score predictions. Excuse me, uh, record predictions. Yes. So um, at the start of the season, you said twelve and zero. How's that looking, Tim? I said I said twelve and zero. It was a Buckeye win, and I predicted a Buckeye win. So oh no, you don't hey, get that. You don't double get safety it. blitz, right? You but don't anyway. get an if. Oh, get out of here. You don't get an oh twelve and zero if they. Hey, well, obviously we they're going to hey, have to beat Ohio have, State. Obviously, they're going to have to beat Ohio State to go 12-0. Exactly. So that's why I said if they beat Ohio State, I thought the senior class was going to rally and take them to the playoffs. That did not Take happen. Take the L, Tim. Oh, I'm taking the L. Definitely taking <laughs> hey, the I L. I said 10-2, right? and two, so I'm still <laughs> still, you know, looking somewhat good there because it's at least possible. So, Tim, we're going to go quickly game by game oh, and boy. give me win-loss with a little blurb. All right? So Notre well, Dame's Let's go up. the easy ones. Let's go – because I've been, I've, I've been on the oh, message We're going through every I, single one, Tim. We're going through all of them. You wanted to do this segment, so we're doing this go for game it. by go. game. At UNC. Well, I haven't done my prediction show yet, right? So here we go. So we're oh, I'm going to put on the spot. I'm going to – we'll push that one right now. Push? We're just going to do it till the end? I will predict. I will predict a win. I will predict a North Carolina win. I'll, all right, Notre now, Dame win. Notre of Dame. Course win. We have our final thoughts and observations video prediction yes. Friday morning. Uh, you'll throw okay. that up around noon or so. So, yeah. uh, folks, make sure you, you check that out. Um, I, it, go ahead. No, I was going to say because I, you know, once, once again, come on, I'm a coach. You, you got to have multiple scenarios. So my my one scenario is if they beat North if they beat North Carolina, they're going to go eight and four. And if they don't, if they, I'm telling you, if they do not beat North Carolina and I'm saying eight and four, I do not think Notre Dame is going to beat Clemson. I think that defense is going to just dominate that football game. Hate to say it, Notre Dame fans out there, but their defense is freakish. And, uh, I, who's ever a quarterback and jelly or pine, good luck. And I just think SC at the end of the year is just going to, if Caleb Williams is the quarterback there, their, their offense is just going to, is really, really explosive. Not a great defense, but is Notre Dame going to be out, able to outscore Caleb Williams in the Coliseum? I say no. They beat North Carolina. If they lose to North Carolina, Mike, you're looking so at you, a one. Hold on, you're looking at a one and three football team going into a bye, getting ready to play BYU. I know they lost to Oregon, but this BYU team is experiences could be their whole team. They're all 26 year old guys, man. They're old. They're veterans. You got to go beat those guys at one and three. Where's this team? Where's this team going to be mentally in the bye week, getting ready to go to Las Vegas at one and three? This is a where, where are they at? game. It's a crucial game. It's cr- I'm telling you, this North Carolina game is bigger than the Cal game. And the Cal game is huge, as we know. So this is a massive game. If they lose to North Carolina, I tr- they're going to go five and seven, six and six. Though six and six is the best record they'll have. So do you that's, want to, that, do you, that's my prediction. Do you want to go game by game here, or, or can you not do that in your heart? Oh, I can do that in my heart. I mean, they're going right. to so beat North Carolina. Carolina. Beat North Carolina. Get a break. Beat BYU because they beat North Carolina. They're back to 500. They're back to fundamentals. Three Let's and kick two. off this. Yeah, okay, three and two going into Stanford, going four and two. Yeah, Stanford, UNL, I mean, UNLV is bad. They're going to beat those guys. Beat the Qs. Six Beat and two. Hughes. Clemson. Lost. I'm sorry. They're. I know people don't like their offense. Whatever. Their their defense is is legit. All right. So six and three headed into Navy. Navy. They're gonna beat Navy. Navy's Navy may be the worst team on their on their schedule. Okay. So seven and three, eight and three. Beat Boston College. They're not. Yeah. And the BC. They're not. It's senior day. They're not gonna lose to Phil Jerkovic. There's no way they're losing to the Phil. Heck, he may not even be there. They have five offensive linemen out for the season, so who knows who's even blocking for them. I heard they moved a tight end to start on the O-line, so they'll definitely beat uh, beat them. And then I got SC. I, it's just going to be too much too much offense in the Coliseum. A long, exhausting season for Notre Dame. They'll go 8-4, and four, make the Holiday Bowl, the Cheez-Its Bowl, whatever one of those ACC tie-in games is. So, yeah, 8-4. and four. But the key – is this I'm telling you, this North Carolina game is massive. Yeah, it feels like if you yeah, you it's huge to North Carolina. Yeah. Then that then that, I feel like we'll have the same conversation though about the BYU game. 
Because if you but, beat BYU and maybe you can get on a roll, but uh, yeah, you North Carolina would be the role. You beat North Carolina, you're on a roll going into the bye week. Yeah, you know, and let's just throw this out. Just you know, we're sitting there talking on YouTube, having a, a nice night. I mean, if they lose, to, if they go and lose to North Carolina, you know, thirty-five to you know twenty-seven, let's say something crazy. Where does that go with Michael Mayer's going pro? Where's Michael Ooh. Mayer's head, head the rest of the year? Isaiah Ooh. Foskey's going pro. Isaiah Foskey just had a little tweak knee, right? When he was sitting there shaking it out against Cal, you know, Dang. where's their, where's their mind? Where, you know, where are these young guys? Where's junior Tuli Alamaka? How about Prince Colley? If Prince Colley doesn't play this week, he's like, I'm watching these senior linebackers ahead of me who aren't making tackles. And we're one and three. When, when do I get to play as Prince Colley? I'm using, you know, just using him as an example. Um, you know, just, you know, fractions happen in football teams is and when you're at Notre Dame and you're one in three, can something like that happen on a buy? And then you're traveling, obviously Vegas. It's, it's, it's tricky. That's a great one to talk to Mr. Goolsby next Sunday about, obviously we'll know the answer after, you know, cause he's doing it post UNC, but it's, um, it's a fascinating thing that like what happens in that room. If the worst scenario takes place in Chapel Hill. See, I think under Freeman, I think it'll be fine. Because everyone loves Freeman, but, but everyone loves him. But, and yet they're one in three. Yeah, I think so. I still think so. I think he'll galvanize the troops. But the Mayor Foskey conversation, look, everyone can love Freeman, but they love themselves more, right? Yes. So you got to look out for yourself. So the Mayor Foskey conversation that is interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. So you just start opting out at that point. I don't know. I mean, what? I mean, if it's one, in, if, if you, how how about do not lose Notre Dame? You do not want to be one in three, dealing with the the you know the the media in South Bend and and what's happening and it's it's Marcus Freeman the first media year. Doing all nothing. these dominoes start to just circle around it. it media is not doing anything. It'll just be Goolsby. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be Goolsby's going to sound off. I oh, I love it. I love it. Can really do anything. Um, See, someone just put a youth movement. Well, you do a youth movement, you got a dozen. You got a dozen. What, I mean, how many guys came back for their fifth year? A lot of bodies. Josh Lug came back to place his sixth year at, at Notre Dame. Hey, Josh, go sit on the bench now. I got to get ready for 2023. I mean, it's it, it could be it could be. I mean, Jared Patterson. Jared Patterson would have been a second round draft pick. He was going to be a top 50 pick. He was going to go in the second round. So you can't have what you're going to do a youth movement for, for Patterson, but does Patterson be like, man, I've had, I've missed two Springs. They would have won the Joe Moore award in 2020 until he got injured. So he just got beat up again in camp with his foot. Does Patterson says, man, I'm going to go ice his foot for the next three months and get ready for the combine. You know, there's a lot of things. That's why this Carolina game and this team is, is right there. All right. I'm, I'm where they're going to go. So I and hope he- everyone enjoys that. <laughs> this is where I would say, Tim, do you have any closing thoughts? But we're oh. we're going to oh, – tomorrow night, we'll record our final thoughts yes. and observations video to post Friday around noon. And, um, yeah, Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern time, recruiting live show, myself and Trey Yannity. Um, we'll, we'll talk some Irish recruiting, take your questions. Um, yeah, post Marcus Freeman um, reaction video. Freeman talks to the media tomorrow. Uh, excuse me, Thursday. Um at, at noon Eastern. So we'll have, um, you know, uh, uh, the press conference highlights plus the Horka video plus, you know, the recruiting. So all this good stuff uh, on our blue and gold YouTube page. And um, Friday, Tim Hyde uh, prediction video uh, will be live after the game Saturday, Goolsby show Sunday. So we got you locked down our blue and gold YouTube channel. And nobody's doing it like us. So i um, definitely appreciate all the support. Please hit the, go ahead, Tim. Real quick, what's what's your record? They beat NC. What are they? Would you say eight and four as well? Oh, my season prediction. Yeah, yeah I don't have one. Was that? I don't have one. <laughs> hey, this is the this is the Notre Dame football show. It's the Tim Hyde show. I mean, you know, like it, it, this is Tim Hyde. No one cares about what I think. Uh, um, well, I know, I know. You already threw out North the seven Carolina. and five. They beat North Carolina. Yeah, I'd probably say seven five. They probably slip up somewhere else. Yeah, but it so much depends on like I. I just truly think that if the offense you saw at the end of the game against Cal, like if they can 
build on that and that offense can get like a good identity pine looks like a you know little ian book out there yep. i think this team could be dangerous still i agree mike i i agree and I the agree. defense get a turnover just I once agree. in a while so hey post game show saturday <laughs> we have a lot to talk about seven and five to nine and three that's my range right now yeah all right i love it well, mr hyde appreciate your time notre dame fans and notre dame Sure, there's a few haters in there. We we certainly appreciate you guys. Please hit that thumbs up before you get out of here. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you have not yet. Go to blueandgold.com. $1 for one year of premium access. And as always, folks, we will catch you next time.